are you interested or are you committed? And obviously the interested people, you know, the minute something gets hard or the minute they don't feel like doing something in that particular moment, well, then that's where their activity level starts to decline. But people that are truly committed to their goals, they still get up in the morning when they're supposed to and they stay disciplined. When things get hard, they stay the course and they have faith. And I think that if you can commit to consistently giving a little bit more effort and trying a little bit harder than most people would do and just do it for a longer period of time, those are the people that produce the incredible results. That voice you just heard is Brett Berry. Brett was a star baseball player and a champion sales rep at Cutco. He went on to produce superstar results in medical device sales, ultimately becoming a prominent leader in his industry. Now he's taking on a new challenge in his professional life, and the qualities he has displayed throughout his life will undoubtedly lead him to even greater success in his new endeavor. If you want to learn how to be a peak performer at whatever you do, listen to the wisdom and insights of Brett Berry. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My guest today is Brett Berry. Brett was a Cutco rep for about five years from 2001 to 2006, mostly during college at the University of the Pacific, where he graduated with a degree in organizational communications. Brett sold over $700,000 during his short time with the company and was the number one college All-American, the number one college sales rep in the company during one period of his senior year. So really an illustrious career with Cutco. Went on to a career in medical device sales for about 13 years, advanced into leadership roles there, and was highly successful and has recently been recruited to become the director of sales for Trifecta, which is the nation's largest organic meal delivery service. Uh, Brett has had a great career in both sales and leadership positions, so I'm really excited to have him here to share his insights today. Brett, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to have fun with this conversation, I'm sure. sure. Why don't you, uh, you know, most of the Cutco audience doesn't know you at this point, and I'd love to be able to have them get to know a little bit about you, starting with your background uh, from before your days with Cutco. So why don't you uh, take off with that, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. I'm probably going to date myself a little bit here. But uh, yeah, it was way back in uh, 2001. I was a uh, I was a college student at University of the Pacific, had 
just just finished my sophomore year and uh, I had played on the baseball team there for my first two years and decided I was uh, you know not going to make it into pro ball and I was going to get out and was going to need to pay off some school. So I was back home and was was looking for a summer job and got a letter in the mail and uh, went in for an interview and thought the the idea of selling knives, I thought it was a little weird at first, not going to lie. But uh, what really attracted me to it was the the manager really talked a lot, which which Dan Hallmeyer was the name of the manager, if, if you remember Dan. Uh, he talked a lot about just the, the professional development that, that people gain from working with Cutco and also talked about how college students had the opportunity to make twenty and thirty thousand dollars in a summer, which just sounded fantastic. So I decided why not? Let's let's give it a shot. Yeah, what area were you in when you started? So I was up in uh, Yuba City, California. So about forty-five minutes north of Sacramento. I grew up up in that area, and uh, so yeah, started up there in a branch office. Yeah, and and was baseball a part of your life? Uh, you know, all the way up until that time. Yeah, it was. I I grew up playing baseball all the way through little league, uh, high school, and then uh, and then into college. So yeah, yeah, I I, I seem to recall UOP having a pretty good baseball team in general. So that's interesting that you were a, a college baseball player. What are some of the moments from your Cutco career that stand out to you? And you know, what do you feel were some of the lessons that came from those experiences? Yeah, so a lot, a lot that uh, come to mind, but a few in particular that I would highlight here. Uh, one, definitely the first time meeting some of my best mentors that, that I had throughout my Cutco career. Jesse Levine, Hal Elrod, Adam Kerchak, some of the ones that to name a few. I will always remember the first time I met them and actually how approachable they were. And that was, I think, one of the one of the keys to success. I, I didn't get off to a very quick start. It's probably something to, to highlight for your audience. I think I went my first 12 appointments before I even made a sale. Wow. So, you know, I was not one of those that, that started and had a huge fast start and got off to a great start. I, I was, in fact, quite the opposite. And hmm. And it took me a while to figure it out, but that was the big, the biggest key. I think what really started to turn things is I had started in a branch office, and so obviously it was a smaller office, and and we didn't have a lot of experienced reps in the office at the time. But when I started going to the division meetings and the conferences, I had the opportunity to meet just some of the top people. Obviously, Jesse was was leading the division at the time, and then he introduced me to Hal and Adam, and I think I was just so taken back by the fact. Two things. I was taken back by how approachable they were and how willing to help they were. Uh, and I was also, it was really intriguing to me how few people actually approached the top reps, which, you know, I could understand why it was kind of intimidating, you know, to, if you're a brand new rep, to go approach someone that's been in the business for, for a long time and doing well. But I learned early on just, and that was one of the best, the, one of the skills, one of the things that stuck with me throughout my career is, always being willing to approach whoever the industry expert is. There are people that are achieving at a high level no matter what you want to do in life. And so, you know, that was, those were definitely key moments. I remember the first time meeting those guys and just how open they were. Moment that I, (laughs) that I'll never forget was when in the number one All-American in the spring of 2003. And uh, so that was a great competition actually against a couple of your guys, Joe Geneza and Yavor Ivanov. That's right. I remember. 
we duked it out that spring. And at that point, I think I'd been in the business for a couple of years and I had won a couple All-Americans, but had never been number one. And that was my goal. It was my, my last semester in college. I wanted to go out as a number one All-American. And that spring, the three of us, it was like every single week we went back and forth in the rankings. And, uh, and ultimately, you know, I ended up pulling it out and beating those guys. And I ended up finding out after the fact that you had made a bet with him at the beginning of the year <laughs> leading up to the FSM conference. If they were number one and two through the spring campaign, from what I understand, you were going to rent them a convertible to drive down to Beverly Hills for the FSM. <laughs> is, that, is that true? <laughs> uh, I remember something like that. <laughs> that, sound, uh, so. that sounds about exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I think, you know, the, the, the key lesson I learned from there actually has probably uh, helped me more over the last couple of years leading sales teams, but, uh, you know, just the value of creating healthy competition. And, and ultimately, I mean, that was what, what you were doing. And, and the benefit of that is it helped us all sell a lot more that campaign and, and we all grew because of it. So, and then I think ultimately just kind of the, the one highlight moment of my Cutco career that I'll never forget is winning the Rolex at the end of 2004, which, you know, in my mind, that's kind of like the four minute mile of Becker. Nowadays, everyone, you know, there's a lot of people that have won the Rolex and I think you guys have multiple Rolexes that people can win now. But, you know, back at that time, if I remember right, I think there were only four or five guys that had won the watch at that point back in 2004. And so that was, I remember Bruce and Brad handing me the watch at, at conference of champions. And, you know, it just, I remember the year that committing to a year and setting the goal and actually having the discipline to follow through. I learned probably more that year in winning that Rolex than I've learned at any other point in my career. And so, yeah, that to me is the moment I think that, that I remember the most is I really, at that point, you know, started to view myself, not just as a college student making some extra money, but as a true professional. And it really dawned on me that the skills that I was, that I had acquired through my Cutco selling career uh, were skills that I was going to be able to take with me in, in anything that I wanted to do in life. So, yeah, that is awesome to hear that the example of uh, winning the Rolex and how you learned so much from that experience that it really is a great lesson that reminds me of some of the things I've shared with other people about setting big goals and how important it is to set big goals because you, through the process of striving for big goals, you're forced to grow, you're forced to learn more, you're forced to become more. Um, there's a, I'm going to be sharing some ideas at a, at a um, conference here tomorrow. And uh, one of the examples I'm going to give is a, a mountain climber that took on these, you know, wanted to be the first guy to ever take on some of these big, big challenges. And he said, uh, you know, what you don't know, the mountain will teach you. If you feel unequal to the climb, remember that much of the knowledge you need to reach the summit can only be learned from the ascent. It's, it's like, it's only through the process of striving for a big goal that you find things out that you need to find out about yourself, about life. And, uh, it, it, there is such a great learning process that goes on in the striving. So it's really cool that you experience that in the quest for 
the Rolex that year, way back there in 2004. So it's awesome. I love uh, also you talking about the friendly competition with Joe <laughs> and Yavor. Yeah. Because I do specifically remember that time. And I remember those guys going for one, two. And in the history of my office, we had had some one twos before. Most notably was John Berghoff and Hal Elrod yeah. were number one and number two in the fall of 2000 in my office in the college all-american race and so you know joe and young were to follow in those footsteps and to be number one and number two and um you know you foiled their plans it was fun to play uh, spoiler sorry it was fun to play spoiler <laughs> and, and you know what i can honestly say that as much as those guys wanted to win they loved you they loved competing with you and that healthy competition that you described was definitely a great thing for everyone. Um, and I do feel like years later, it's far less significant who was one or two or three. I can't remember which guy was two, which guy was three among those two guys. I can't and do it that. doesn't really even matter. You know, what matters most is that everybody grew, everybody gained more because of it. So, and I thank you for saving me a few bucks on uh, the convertible <laughs> rental right for there. Sure. So. <laughs> no doubt. That's nice. You know, you also said something about how so few people are are willing to approach the leaders in their industry. And for anybody who's listening, this is an important thing to consider and and think about right now because everybody who has successful in anything probably has many others to thank for that success, many others who helped them along the way. That certainly is true for all the leaders in Cutco. And therefore, there's a natural want, a natural desire, a natural willingness to help other people, particularly the ones that ask. I know I can speak for as a leader in, Ve in Vector and Cutco. I just want to make sure that if I help somebody, they're going to do something with it. They're going to try. They're going to work. They're going to actually apply it. And the people who come up to you and ask questions are the ones who are more likely to actually put stuff into action. So you're always willing to help other people. And I would just encourage everybody to be willing to approach people because what you'll find is that the leaders in your life, particularly if you're in this company, they are approachable, they are willing, and they will give you a lot of the things that you need uh, in terms of help. So that, those are some great uh, insights and lessons there, Brett. How about uh, your path after Cutco? You know, what, uh, tell us about where the road has taken you in the last 13 years. Yeah, so I, I had a you know a great career with uh, with Cutco as as you talked about earlier. Five years I was there, and you know I, I got to a point where I think after two thousand four, two thousand five, yeah, I really felt like I wanted to try and see how transferable my skills were in other industries. I knew I had done well in that business, but I just wanted to see you know how that would how that would correlate in elsewhere. And so I, I looked at a lot of different industries, uh, looked at insurance, looked at real estate. Um, ultimately, for me, the industry that I, that I really just gravitated toward was, was medical device sales. Uh, and I think there were a few reasons why. I think you know, one thing that I, I really enjoyed about Cutco was you know, it, it really the customers that, that bought Cutco for me, I could see it improving their lives. I could see the, the joy they had of using the product and how it made their lives better. And so... In the medical industry, clearly, uh, you know that's a factor. Where and and I ended up getting into orthopedics. Uh, so and that was one thing that, that attracted me to orthopedics is is that that's a specialty in medicine where people get better. Typically, mm -hmm. if someone breaks a bone or they have bad knees, you know, you see them improve. And, uh, unfortunately, you can't say that for all specialties within medicine. So I really liked that component of it. But also within medical device sales, one of the things that 
I really enjoyed about Cutco was the entrepreneurial aspect that you know you could make as much money as you want, you could do as well as you wanted to do, and so medical sales still had a huge piece of that. There was a huge upside, and and obviously you know there was an uncapped income opportunity, and so uh, so that's what I did. I I made the transition after two thousand five and and got on with one of the large orthopedic medical device companies and. Ended up working there for 13 years in total. The first eight years, I was an independent sales rep, so um, I was an employee, but I but I had my own my own territory, and did that. And a few years in, decided I I really wanted to go down the leadership path, and so had an opportunity to go through a leadership development program, and then the company uh, supported me in getting an MBA as well. And then the last several years in medical device sales, I ran a few different sales teams, and then prior to my role now was doing hospital contracts and and building out strategy for one of our other business units. So Wow. So you had a chance to progress from a sales role to a leadership role and then ultimately to a, a real executive role where you were, in, you were in charge of planning strategy and vision and the direction for the company. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That was awesome. Well, what do you feel like were some of your keys to success? Uh, I think... Definitely, you know, a lot of the things that I learned in Cutco, it, they, they've translated to, to practically every, <laughs> every role or every endeavor that, I, that I've you know, wanted to do in life. The first thing I think is obviously just setting a goal and not being afraid to set a big goal. And I think one of the things that I really learned in Vector that, that has stuck with me is when you set a goal, you don't necessarily have to figure out when you set it, how you need to achieve it. I always remember the Tony Robbins quote, if, if your why is big enough, the how will reveal itself. And I found that to be particularly true, where you may have a goal and it might seem daunting or might seem more than what you can handle at that time. But at least, you know, go ahead and set it and figure out all the reasons why, even if you need to make a list, all the reasons why you want to achieve that goal. And over time, it will force your mind to think in terms of possibilities and you'll work toward that. Um, and you know, and you may not get there in the time frame that you originally think, but at least you have something to work towards. So I think that's one thing is always, always setting goals for whatever it is. Uh, the second thing we talked about some of my earlier mentors early on, uh, utilizing all the resources that are available to you, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. And, and for me, you know, even when I decided that I wanted to go down the leadership path, all right, well, I needed to. I needed some new mentors that were successful leaders, not only in my organization, um, but even, you know, there, there are several great leaders in the Cutco organization and, and elsewhere. And so I think utilizing mentors, and there are tons of other resources out there. Obviously, you know, podcasts like this one are fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of reading good books, uh, whether it's Kindle, hardcover, audio, you know, Audible, you know, whatever it may be. But I just think that, in this day and age, there is no excuse to not obtain information. There, there's enough resources out there that you, if you want to get good at something, you can find out how to do it. And then I think the third thing is just the idea of being committed and not just interested. And I think you and John Burgoff, you and, you and John Burgoff used to talk about this a lot. Yeah, you, know, you guys would get up at the conferences and ask, are you interested or are you committed? And obviously the interested people, uh, you know, the minute something gets hard or the minute they don't feel like doing doing something in that particular moment, well, then that's where their activity level starts to decline. But people that are truly committed to their goals, 
they get up and they still get up in the morning when they're supposed to, and they stay disciplined when things get hard, they stay the course and they have faith. And I, I think that, you know, that ultimately, if it wins out in the end is if you can commit to consistently giving a little bit more effort and trying a little bit harder than most people would do and just do it for a longer period of time, those are the people that produce the incredible results. Yeah, it, we've definitely seen that play out for so many people inside of Cutco. And I've seen it play out for a lot of people outside of Cutco as well, that uh, it's not some dramatically uh, large difference between the successful people and the ones that are average or mediocre. It is that yeah. idea of a little extra for an extended amount of time and that just accumulates. You hit this tipping point where, you know, great success all, all of a sudden starts coming your way. Uh, and once you have that momentum built up, it's not that hard to maintain it. So, uh, very, very cool stuff right there. You know, the idea of, um, being committed versus int being interested and the idea of setting goals to me, those two things kind of tie together. Um, I've, I've always, uh, heard a quote that I thought was valuable that is discipline is remembering what you want. Yeah. And oftentimes when we have a lack of discipline, we, we've lost sight of what it is we want, or at least we've lost sight of what it is we want most in favor of what we want right now, which oftentimes sure. is some sort of expedient path or something that's easy or, you know, a quick fix or, or whatever. But I think the people that keep in mind what they want most are the people who have set goals, who've thought about their goals, you know, written them down, made, made a specific list of goals. And then in the moment, right, they recall those goals and those goals are so ingrained in their head that they remain committed to the path, right? Versus, uh, you know, just being sort of casually interested and then succumbing to, you know, what's easy in the moment. So I think those things tie in a lot. You also referenced that, you know, learning from others and that you sought out a lot of mentors when you were in Cutco. It was guys like Jesse and Hal and Adam. At a Cutco, there's a variety of people throughout your industry or people you had met in the past. Yep. Are there any books or resources that you feel like uh, have been particularly influential in, in your life? Yeah, definitely. Quite a few. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the old classics, I'm, I'm a huge fan of those, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, all of Zig Ziglar stuff, pretty much any anything Jeffrey Gittimer's written, he's fantastic. Grant Cardone, I feel like he's one of the best sales trainers right now. Obviously, I think the Cutco world's familiar with him as well. Uh, and then, you know, in the leadership space, I, I think there's a ton of good leadership books out there right now. Radical Candor is one that uh, that I read not too long ago. Uh, anything that Jocko Willink writes right now, Extreme Ownership, The Dichotomy of Leadership, I think those two books are just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think I'm a big fan too of, of you know, books just around uh, overall, around business in general. Um, Good to Great is one that uh, I think there are so many, so many nuggets you can pull from, especially as you grow in your career and assume more, you know, senior leadership type roles in terms of how to build out a company and how to, how to create a company that's built to last, um, which that's actually another good book too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm a fan of, of reading anything and, and I'm also a big fan of reading books that, you know, are about relationships and, you know, books about marriage, relationships, parenting, uh, you know, I'm married and have a few kids. And so, um, 
yeah, I did notice a couple of years ago, I was kind of on the path where uh, I was really good at reading the business books and sales books. And it dawned on me that th- that was all the books I was consuming. And that, uh, I needed to reverse course and, and uh, start reading a little bit more about, you know, how to be a better husband and better father. And, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of just consuming, you know, all, all types of different information. So, yeah, well, that that was very valuable for for you to list off some of those things. I think a, a lot of people can get some specific ideas from that, but more so can realize that top achievers are learners, right? They're studying all the time. They're working on their game and that's how they get to the top in their field. And then it certainly is a big part of why you've gotten uh, to where you are. Um, so tell us why you left the medical device industry and, and got into what you're doing now. Yeah, good question. Uh, I mean, obviously, so I was... I had a great career in the medical device industry, spent 13 years there, and uh, was on a really good path. Probably the next role would have been uh, the vice president of sales type role. And so obviously for, for me to make the decision to move on from that had to be something substantial. And, uh, and so uh, about four or five months ago, I was contacted by a recruiter from a company called Trifecta Nutrition. And it was funny. Initially, I, I turned them down and told them I wasn't interested. But uh, they are also good salespeople here, so <laughs> they called back, <laughs> and, and uh, they didn't give up. But um, effectively, what what Trifecta is is uh, it's about four years old, and it's, it's at this point the largest organic meal delivery service in the nation. Uh, we we uh, we cook meals and vacuum seal them and ship them everywhere in the nation, and so. When you think of some of the meal delivery services out there, like a Blue Apron or a HelloFresh, um, you know some of those types of, of companies. Um, this is a little bit different. Where uh, what those companies do is they send people like a kit, which is like a box, and then you still have to put it together and heat it up, and then you know, obviously do the dishes at the end, which is you know that's my personal favorite. But what Trifecta does is the food is all pre-portioned, pre-packaged. It's all organic. Uh, so it's calorie controlled, macro controlled. And what the company had done is it, they had signed exclusive partnerships with some of the top pro sports leagues like the UFC, CrossFit, the PGA Tour, uh, and then signed on the like the Michael Jordans of each of those sports mm. and built out a, a you know, just an incredible marketing plan, business to consumer marketing plan. And so in four years, um, the company was on a path for an annual recurring revenue of, of about $100 million. I looked at that and essentially what they needed is a head of sales and customer success to come in and do the whole build out. And so obviously I looked at that and um, clearly the company was doing well and was growing and um, so that was attractive. But also it was an opportunity for me to really take all of the skills that I've acquired through my whole career uh, from Cutco, from medical sales and all of the different roles that I've been in and really help build out not only the teams, but also the training component, the leadership development component of, you know, promoting managers and then and developing managers underneath them. And so it just seemed like a really substantial opportunity. And obviously, I, you know, I was an ex-college athlete and I've always been into health and fitness. So uh, clearly I could get behind the product of what they were doing as well. So Awesome. Awesome. And so they brought you on board to be the director of sales? Yes. Yeah. So director of sales and essentially um, what my role is, is um, I'm over all of sales and customer success. So I report directly to the CEO of the company. 
So, wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on yeah, thank you. getting such an exciting role for yourself. That's positive. You have written a book and uh, I've got it right here for anybody that ends up seeing this video, The Selling Edge, How to Reach the Top in Any Sales Industry. Uh, we've talked about a few of the keys to that already today. Uh, yeah. But uh, what else? Uh, what else do you feel you have? Other insights that you feel like you could share from out of your book that people might be able to glean? Yeah. So I think you know. I, so I, I had at the time I wrote the book, I'd been in sales for I think about fifteen or sixteen years at that point. It was a few years ago that I wrote the book. But ultimately, what I what I found was that salespeople, and and this was also the time when I had made the transition from a sales role to leading sales teams. And what I noticed through that experience and also just the experience of being in sales for so long is that salespeople come in all different, you know, all different shapes and sizes, all different backgrounds. Salespeople, they have different styles, different methods of communicating. Um, but when you really boil it down, all salespeople have five things in common, all top salespeople. There are five key things that they have in common. Um, and you know, that is, you know, one is mentorship. So they all seek out information, latch on the mentors, find you know the information and resources anywhere they can. Two is connection. So they obviously have the ability to connect with all people. Uh, three is planning. And so I think that's a huge component of it, actually planning your work and then having the discipline to work your plan. Um, four is access, which uh, essentially is access to the decision makers, being able to identify who the decision makers are and get access to them and influence them. And then the fifth thing is selling skills. Um, and obviously, you know, there's, there's multiple selling skills that are important, but when you really boil it down, all top salespeople, um, you know, they embody all five of those qualities. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Can you unpack the fifth one a little bit more? Like, what do you feel like are some of the, most important selling skills that somebody who's listening to this could apply to what they're doing. For sure. Well, I think, and, and the cool thing about, you know, for anyone listening that, that's a, a current Cutco sales rep, I, I think that the cool thing is you learn every single one of these skills selling Cutco. Whereas, you know, there are some sales roles where you're not going to utilize the every single selling skill there, that there is. But I think the biggest thing is creating interest. You know, one obviously is, is being able to create interest and help sell people on the fact that they truly have a need. And I think that was quite frankly, one of the things that really held me back in my first couple of weeks of selling Cutco when I went 0 for 12 is I, I don't think I was seeing the right customers. I was seeing the you know people that were good prospects that should have been able to buy, but I wasn't good enough at actually creating the need in their mind that they needed, that this was a viable solution that they had to have. So I think cre definitely creating a need, building rapport is a huge one, uh, getting referrals, especially I always felt like that was one thing that really differentiated the top sales reps, not only in Vector, but in other industries is, yeah, you want to do more phone time. You want to, you want to get more appointments scheduled, but I don't have enough people to call. Well, if you are good, if you can get good at getting referrals and really master your referral approach and really get good at probing and, and getting customers to refer you know, top quality people to you and you get enough of them, if you get really good at that, you should never run out of people to call. And so I think those are probably a couple of the most important. Um, obviously, you know, being able to work with customers about uh, working through different solutions, uh, closing skills, 
Um, those are all hugely important skills. But I think at the end of the day, being able to get in front of the right people and being able to sell them on the need that they actually have a need for what you for what you're selling. Um, you know, those are the two most important things at that point. Then, especially for Cutco, the product's so good that if you can just do those two things, put the knives in their hand, let them start cutting some food, and and they're going to realize quickly that they have to have it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, rapport and referrals really tie together. I think that a, a big reason that people refer is because of the person they're referring. It's not only the product or the opportunity, but it's the person they're recommending. And you could take the same, you know, you could take two people in the same industry with the same product and the same everything else and have one is great at getting referrals and one that's not great at getting referrals. And a big reason why is the rapport that they build, the connection that they make with the customer. You know, that's, uh, that's one of the things that makes a huge difference, I'm sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. If you're a Cutco rep right now, Brett, or you're a young person, uh, in any sales industry and you're thinking about like what sales jobs might I have down the road where I could crush it, you know, from your perspective, what are some of the industries that a young Cutco rep can consider getting into five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road where they could uh, do exceedingly well in sales? I would say literally any sales industry. <laughs> I mean, really, there, there's, not, there's not a sales industry out there that the skills that you learn with Cutco would not translate to a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great industries out there. There's real estate, there's insurance, uh, obviously the medical device industry. I've, I've got a soft spot for that industry because I've spent so much time there. I think the, you know, the SaaS world, the whole, the whole software as a service world is out there. Um, obviously solar has been, has been a big industry over the last several years here in California. Uh, I don't think there is a sales industry out there that if if you do well in Cutco, those skills would not translate to. Yeah, you know what I love about what you shared about the medical device industry in particular is the idea of the conviction you can have in what you're doing for people, right? Because yep. you're bringing yeah, them sure. a product that really is going to truly improve their life. You know, um, I think that, you know, selling the, the knives with Cutco, we can feel that, you know, to a, certainly to a lesser degree than with medical devices. But we've, we have that belief like that, hey, you know, we're actually bringing somebody something that's going to be valuable to them, that they're going to use every day for the rest of their life. And it's valuable. And I think that's a big key to success in selling is that you really believe in what you're doing. And certainly for the people listening who are, cut, you know, vector marketing managers, you know, they feel like the product that they're selling, the vector opportunity right, is life-changing. It's the greatest thing for, you know, at least for college students that they could do. And Definitely. so I think Definitely. that's one, you know, aspect. If you're a young salesperson, you're thinking about what you might be able to do down the road with your Vector experience, if it's not staying here in Vector Cutco, right, finding a sales industry where it's something you truly can believe in what you're doing and that you're benefiting other people in a big way. I think you had that you found that naturally, Brett, right after Cutco by getting into medical device sales. And, you know, not everybody necessarily has that same exact opportunity in, in every sales industry. So that's pretty cool. What are you most excited about uh, in your life now, Brett? Well, I am a lot of things to be excited about. I and mean, obviously, um, you know, first is my family. I've got, got a beautiful family. I'm really grateful for them. I'm married, been married for. I'm going to fail this eight years now. <laughs> I think it was eight. Yeah. Been married eight years now. And uh, so I have two 
amazing stepdaughters that are uh, that'll be twelve uh, this month. So I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air, but they may be twelve when this airs. If not, they're they're eleven. And then uh, we have a little guy that's three and a half, and so obviously they're all doing really well. They're healthy, so we've got a fun fun life at home. And then you know, professionally, I think what what I'm most excited about is obviously the current opportunity and role that I have now, but. But even more than that, I really feel like I'm in a position that my career is elevated to a level where I can use uh, all of the skills that I've acquired throughout all of the different roles and the different companies that I've worked for from Vector all the way up. And so, you know, I'm really excited just for that opportunity, obviously, to help build out the company and build out companies over the rest of my career. But, but even more than that, I think I've really, you know, taken a huge liking to be in leadership positions and the effect that you have on people's careers. And it's a huge passion for me, not just still only as we build out this company, but, but down the road is really ensuring that, that we help people build out career pathways and find out, you know, where exactly do they want to go in their career? What's important to them? You know, where do they see themselves in three, five, 10 years? And then, you know, really building out individual development plans with them so that they can make that a reality. And, it, and they can advance their careers as well. Yeah, it sounds like you'll have an opportunity to change people's lives through your work specifically. And, uh, you know, that's really what this podcast is all about. And, uh, you know, as you look into the future beyond just your, your work, are there other ways that you can see yourself changing people's lives through the influence that you have in the world? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, just you know, really being, being a good example to, to my family and to, to my coworkers, to anyone else that, that I come in contact with, you know, trying to provide it, you know, as much value as I can to them. And I'm really appreciative for the skills that Cutco gave me and obviously the relationships and, and people that I'm still close with in, in that business. And, uh, and I would encourage the audience here to, to make the most of their experience selling Cutco because you never know where your career is going to take you. What I do know is that the skills that you are building while working for Cutco will help you in whatever endeavor that, that, you, that you want to be a part of in life. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, it's awesome to hear how translatable your Cutco skills have been to your career. It's great to have seen all the success that you're producing, Brett. I also really appreciate the ways that you do provide positive value for other people. How can people follow you on social media? Where do you hang out? So probably the, the two um, the two places I hang out the most, definitely one is LinkedIn. I'm on there quite a bit. And then Instagram too. And, and my handles are just Brett Berry, Brett with one T and then Barry's B-A-R-R-I-E. And then also I've got a website with a blog on there. It's just brettberry.com. But it, any of those ways are, you can find me. Yeah, that's great. I do appreciate that. I, I enjoy the things that you post on LinkedIn. I see you there quite a bit and uh, really appreciate the ways that you're trying to impact the world and uh, all the great ways that you're giving back after all your great success. So Brett, thanks so much for your time on the podcast today. This has been great. And I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on too. All right, man. Brett Barry, everyone. Hey, when he left Cutco after those short five years that he was with the company, he was actually the number 12 all-time Cutco sales rep in personal sales at that point. So that'll give you an idea of how illustrious he has been. And he's obviously crushed it in the medical device industry over the past 13 years. Uh, great to hear how 
uh, translatable, he feels like the Cutco skill set is to what he has done and to all other aspects of selling. I also thought it was insightful uh, where Brett talked about the importance of learning, learning from others, right? Finding mentors, approaching people, asking questions, learning through outside reading and studying. He referenced Zig Ziglar, Jeffrey Gittimer, Grant Cardone as some of the people that he has studied in sales and many others outside of sales in leadership and in life. And then, you know, in terms of actual sales skills, Brett talked about the importance of learning how to create interest and how that's done. And then, of course, uh, building rapport, being good at referrals. Brett writes about these and other things in his book, The Selling Edge. Feel free to check that out. And uh, in the end, Brett shared the importance of being a good example and looking for ways to provide value to others. And I thought those two were great points as well uh, that anybody can take home and take to heart, right? Is how are you setting a positive example and leading the other people who are around you in your life? Uh, and how are you looking for ways to provide value to the world? If we could all do that, uh, the world would be a much greater place. So that's a challenge for today. Hope you enjoyed Brett Berry. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.